So we're starting from the Mishnah about ten lines down. Came out yesterday uh, when a bunch of halachas that David Melech and his army uh, were unsure of. Taman Ba'ish is how we got into it. As Machlok is repeating the Rabbanon, if uh, if a person lights a fire and it goes out from his yard, extends to someone else's yard, and it does damage, whether or not you pay only for things which are exposed, or if we say that you're chayiv even for things which were concealed. For example, something that was hidden in a haystack that was consumed by the fire, which would be chayiv or potter, that was the machlokas we got into, and then uh, the subsequent story with David HaMalach. So the mission now continues about discussing the liability of a fire when one lights on his own rishos. What happens if the fire was able to get past the wall, which was for Amos high? So in other words, the case is that a person is lighting a fire in his own yard, and the wall is separated from a wall, by, separated by a wall to his neighbor's field. And he, the person is relying on the wall to prevent the spreading. So the shaila is, what sort of, um, uh, well, obvi- now obviously the wall itself is not flammable. That's a, that's a good point here. You know, it's, it's something which blocks the fire. And the question is, what height of the wall is considered secure? So the mission is saying that if it was four amos high, and Tysus explains when we say four amos high, it doesn't mean four amos high off the ground, but it means four amos from the top of the pile beneath the fire. So in other words, you have, let's say, a wood pile of wood, and you're lighting it up, making a fire. So you measure four amos from the top of the wood pile until the top of the wall, if that hall is four amos. Or if there's a public road between his property and his neighborhood. So how big is the public road? So Rashi says it's 16 amos wide. You know, that's what we're used to from learning Masach HaShav, 16 amos. And the point really isn't that it's a public road. The point is that we're saying is that a strip of land at 16 amos suffices to accept the person who lit the fire. And uh, we'll see, and the Ahmed Bey is that not everyone agrees to this, but it's okay, um, it's okay because you don't expect the fire to be able to move that way again when there's, when there's only small winds that are blowing. If there, if there could be greater winds in the moment, then you, know, you might have to take that into account. Okay. So that's, that's, that's if the street is, is blocking between you and your neighbor's yard. Oh, Nahar, or if there's a river. Um, we'll discuss the width of the river if there's any coming up in the Gemara. In all these cases, pots with the owner of the fire is not liable because we say that the fire wouldn't normally cross such a barrier. And if it does, it must be that it's not the negligence of this person for, le- uh, for leaving it that way. And obviously, all of this is all when you light a fire in your own premises, where it's Kisetzeh, and that's the Torah's dinim. You're liable only because you didn't expect the, it to move out of your out of your yard. But if you light it not in your yard, then you'd always be liable. So let's say, you know, for example, a person lights a fire in the street itself. Even if there are more than 16 amos between the street and his neighbor's yard, he actually is liable. This is straight up tours that when someone is lighting in his own, that there's a nuke zeir right? You have the and what the expectations are. So these things are peturimir. All right, so then we said, the mission said, before I'm a high wall, suffices to, to, for Shmira. So, frankly, more about time, he says in the Bryce of Mamash, opposite, Abra Gadda Shukavo, Abra Hamas Chai, if you cross the wall, it's four Amas, you are liable. So, it's a stira, four Amas wall is a good enough or not good enough. So, Amra Papa, Tana Zitana Kajim, Alamalamata, our Tana, when he said four Amas is Pater, he was talking about a higher to a lower height. So, he was saying like this, Shay Shamos, Pater, if the wall was six Amos, you're still Pater. Chamish Amos, Pater, even if you make it lower, it's only five Amos, you're still Pater. Ad, Abra Amos, Pater, until it goes all the way down to four Amos, you could still be Pater. So, he's, he's, he's describing it what, from, from, from a higher point. And he's saying, if, even if it's going down, until it goes down to four, you are still Pater. So, it's a way of saying, until four, you're fine. Whereas, Tanah Brahma, Lamata, Lamalachash, of that price of, when it was saying four is high, he was saying, from, he was discussing lower walls that, and then addressing what happens if you go up higher. So he says, Jay Amos, if it's still, if it's only a two Amos wall, high. If you're high, if it's even if it's three Amos wall, you're still high. 
until it gets to four amos, you are so you are so liable. So the verse is describing how high a wall can be, and yet still there is negligence. And it's saying even if it's raised until four amos, it would still be uh, it would still be no good. So the point that we're saying is that it's just describing it's all about perspective. So our our mission was saying until four amos, you are potter, meaning from describing a wall that was higher than that, where certainly your potter going all the way down to four amos, your potter. Whereas the price was discussing how low how low the wall is, and you are still. Um, and you are still chive, and it's saying that 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 if it's if it's two for sure you're chive, three you're still you're chive, until it's four amos, then uh, then then you would be chive. And the way always to think about this is that when you think about the words odd, uh, is it odd odd bechlal or odd below odd bechlal, right? So that's that's that, that that's the point. And then it's when you're talking about this until what? So in the, when our Mishnah should be understood until four amos you're potter, until the, and including the four amos you can still you can still be potter coming from a higher vantage point. Whereas in the price where we say together that is four amos that is chayev so we're saying it from the uh, until it gets four amos you would still have a chayev but if it actually reaches four amos uh, then then you then you would be positive so we take a look at Rashi because we're changing the lashon yeah. now yeah we're almost saying that there's a background to the price so we take a look at Rashi Rashi and four amos would be positive and the Brayso agrees that if it would reach four Amos, you'd be Pater. When the Brayso was talking, he was saying until four Amos, it's like until, uh, but not in including. So therefore, but everyone agrees ultimately in the fact that the four Amos is Pater. When the Aratana was talking and saying four Amos is Pater, he means six, five, and through four, you would be Pater. Whereas the Tana of the Brayso was saying two, three, you are Chayev, and until, but not including, four. So you have to understand what it's saying is ad arba amos chai. That's the key. If what we're doing to the bride, so it's saying until it reaches four amos. No, you're not changing gavoa. Ad shu gavoa arba amos. You're just adding. I have to understand it's ad. Until it's gavoa four amos, you would still be liable. So two, three, you're still chai. You're still chai until four. Once you reach four, then you'd be potter. All right. Says the Gemara Amar Rav. Amar Amar Shomer the Potter. This idea that the Chavon said until four Amos you are Potter. That four Amos you are Potter. I feel the Sada Kotzim could apply even if it had a Sada of Kotzim, even if it was full of thorns. And Rashi explains that the thorns make it more likely to to leap the fire. It's easier for it to jump. It's highly flammable. So so you're still Potter. Rav Papa. Rav Papa qualifies. Mustafa Kotzim on the bottom. Rav Amos from the top edge of the thorns and up till the top of the wall. There has to be four Amos. Meaning it's, yes, it's true, but you got to make sure that there's four. Amos higher than the top of the thorn. So in addition, that has to be four Amos higher than the wood pile. If there's really full of kotzim, you got to make sure that there's no kotzim within the four Amos for the top of the wall because you need the wall to be four Amos above any of the ammunition here for the fire. Says the Gemara, Amar Rav, Lo This whole idea of the exemptions of the Mishnah that you can expect that it won't spread is only in a case of a fire which rises. In other words, Rashi describes it as kalachas, as Asha kolech mitamar va'olo mala. It's like the smoke is rising straight up. Sometimes you see a fire go straight up. Sometimes you see it's, it's, it's pushed at an angle. So if it's a fire that goes straight up, that's where the Mishnah was taught that the four Amos is, uh, and these things suffice. I'm going to We're talking about a fire which bends over. Uh, Rashi says, a is a ruach mato, so the wind is, has, has, has turned it on an angle. But Kofa Lazadim push it to the sides, so then at that point, you have to expect that, um, that, that some of the flames are going to move away from the main part of the fire, and it's easier, it's easier for it to spread. So then, So even if it, if, it, if it crosses something which is 100 amos, you could still be liable. So, Pasha, what it means here is that we're talking, we're talking about the, the horizontal 
barrier. That's what it makes more sense. In other words, if we're going straight up fire, so then, you know, just we said, 16 Amos Street or whatever, that's, that suffices. But if you're dealing with a bent fire and it's crossing uh, 16 Amos, so then you would still pay compensation because the horizontal fire is much easier, much easier for, it, for it to move. So it's interesting here that we're talking, it's like we're going back and forth, and this is what Rashi really shr- struggles with, is that it, it sounds like we were, we were discussing how, how the wall would be. But here, when, when Rav is making a comment, it seems that his main point should be about the distance horizontally that is crossing uh, before. The Mishnah mentioned the public street, the 16 Amos says enough space, but it seems that that's only for a rising fire, not for a bent fire. However, Shmuel disagrees. Shmuel, the Mishnah should even be for a bent fire. We still assume that, that, that those horizontal uh, barriers, 16 Amos suffices. The opposite, if it's a rising fire that goes straight up, then you don't need much space at all. So, so, so very interesting. A, a bent fire goes horizontally, we say, but, uh, but, but we still say that all these things of the Mishnah can protect it. A public road is enough. If it's a rising fire, then even smaller, a smaller amount of a barrier would, would be okay. However, the Gemara says that Rav's opinion seems to be correct. I don't say the Rav, the remember when is it true that we apply these things, the public road suffices, but Kalachas, all a rising fire, it's a case of a fire which bends, and there's and the wood which is available, and which is an interesting new caveat that the Prophet mentions, meaning not only is it a bent fire that's easier for it to move horizontally, but there's also wood that's along the path, along the trajectory that it might be moving horizontally. So that's hard to... That's hard to, to understand a little bit. You know, of, co- of course, that should be a huge difference if there would in, in the way. But the Rise Al-Kabanim is talking about a bent fire which is more likely to move horizontally and there is Eitzim that is available on the way. So then what the halacha is, I feel like mil even if the road was 100 mil wide, a mammoth amount of space, you're still liable because of the expectation that it is able uh, to move easier when it's a bent fire. Okay. So in conclusion, bent fire, Machlug is Rav and Shmuel, if you need more space, but the Gemara seems to corroborate the opinion of Rav that a bent fire with more flammable material in the way, you need more space to block it. The Brisa continues, Let's say the fire crosses a river or a Shululis. We'll discuss what a Shululis is coming up. If there are eight Amos wide, he is not liable. So we're saying even if it's a bent fire, right, which, which crosses, a much, crosses the street, but if it, it doesn't cross a river, that is that wide. That's the point that we're saying. A river that is eight, that is eight amos wide, or the shluis, you wouldn't be liable. We'll come back to shluis in just a little bit. Okay, Derek Harav, and the Mishnah said, crossing a public road which is sixteen amos wide, you're not liable. Mantana, who is the Tana Rabbi Rabbi Lazar? He did not Lazar, which is Rabbi Rabbi, which is Rabbi. We'll see that coming up in just a few minutes. That the, in the Mishnah on the Amid there's actually many opinions about how far a fire might go. And it's actually only Rabbi Eliezer's opinion that it's 16 amos, like the width of the street. Other opinions there disagree, and they say other dimensions, other amounts. So our Mishnah, which said a street, which is usually an indication of public street, means a normal Derek Arabin, which is 16 amos, is actually only the time of Rabbi Eliezer. But stay tuned to see that there are other opinions. Oh, Nahar, if it crosses a river. Rav Amr, what does it mean, a river? Nahar, Mamash, it means an actual river. Shmuel Amr, the Dalai, means an irrigation uh, ditch. So it's like a place where, the, where people are going to draw water, uh, where people are going to draw water. So it's interesting because usually those, those things were not so, so wide or so deep. So according to Shmuel, it would actually come out that the Mishnah and the Brisa don't necessarily agree because remember, we have the Brisa that says if the river is eight amos wide, you are not Potter. According to Shmuel, that when our Mishnah says a river is Potter, a river should be understood as the irrigation ditch, which is usually much, uh, not, not, not as wide. <clears throat> so then it's much narrower. It's usually just an Amr or two wide. So then it would seem maybe perhaps to be a Machlokas if it would cross a narrower river. So the Gemara elaborates, when Rav said an actual river, 
What does he mean an actual river? He means even if there's no water in the river, it's still an effective barrier. So in other words, the width of the river is wide, so it's like a public road. So what does that mean exactly? So Rashi's mashma that it actually has to be in 16 amas. Rashi says, Rashi says. So according to Rav, basically the Mishnah is just saying it doesn't have to be the width that comes in the form of a road. It could be the width that comes in, a, in the form of a river also. And it could be that the river is dried up, you know, it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the summer. But the point is that it's the width, exactly, it's a barrier. However, Shmuel comes on and says, no, the whole point is only when there's water in it, it's the barrier. So there's not necessarily a difference in the halacha, but what Shmuel is saying is, you might be speaking about a very wide one, but I think that's not what the Mishnah is saying. The Mishnah is not just giving me another example of width. The Mishnah is, that, okay, we got it. A public road, 16 hours wide, is width. But what Shmuel is adding is that you could have a narrower one. But the point is that if it's filled with water, then even just a small amount, it's, not, it's much narrower, it's only an amma, then it would still, it would still suffice. Exactly, exactly. So it comes out that it might not be actually be a big machlik as the between Rav and Shmuel, but in other words, they would agree an empty riverbed that is very wide and a full irrigation channel would both stop it from spreading. The question is what the Mishnah meant when it said Onar. So according to Shmuel, though, a, a regular straight up fire wouldn't require, wouldn't require you to do anything to stop it, which is, seems, well, he was saying our mission is only by fence. By horizontal fire, by a vertical fire. Oh, oh yeah. Shmuel, Before Shmuel was saying that yeah. that a vertical fire, like e- even 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 just a minimal barrier is enough. Yeah, you need some barrier, but a minimal one is also. Yeah. Yeah. And according to Shmuel, then then all this would be relevant only to a bent fire. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we learned, remember the term of shlulis, that your potter have crossed the shlulis. So we have to figure out what a shlulis is. So it's not awesome. We learned in a Mishnah there. We're talking about, we're learning about, about peah now. Peah is you give a corner of the field. So the Shaila is what happens if you have things like barriers within a field. Are they mafsik? Do they make the field into two separate fields? And then you have to give, you know, a, a, a separate pair from each side? Or do I say, no, it's just a barrier within the greater field. And what you give on one corner of the field still suffices for the entire field, even to pater what's on the other side of the barrier. So we get into this. These are things which divide a field. Divide a field means it, it, it separates and creates it into two, which now means you have to give payah from either side. So if there's a stream running right down, some sort of deep stream running between two sections of the field or some sort of river, then we assume it's two separate things on the two sides. Ashulis or shulis, a private road, uh, at least four almost wide that goes through. Uh, and certainly a public, uh, and certainly a public road. So the Gemara says here, my shulis, what is shulis? It's a place where rainwater is sholel. Sholel means like to gather in this thing. So it's basically some hole in the ground and it's, it's, it's a nice big, ro- uh, big hole where these massive puddles form in the middle of the field. So we're saying that those massive puddles that form in the holes in the ground from the rain, where the rain is collected there, so those could be a mafsek, that could divide the field into two. It means a channel of water. It gives off shalom. Shalom can mean like bounty. You know, it's like spoils of war are called shalom. So here too, it's, it gives off the bounty to its banks. In other words, the idea is, is that it's very easy to irrigate your field with this. It's like it's set in. It's, it's really smart because the water is kind of like kept in the field itself and then it's used from right there to go ahead and to water the fruit. So the Gemara explains. So it's really just trying to translate Shalulis differently. The first one was Sholel like gathered and the second one was Shalel like bounty that it gives off. 
So the Gemara says, "Why that? Malkus Shemayim Shalom Shalom." According to the one who says, "Is where the puddles, where the where the rainwater uh, collects." Koshikin Amzamayim. Certainly, the channel of water would divide the field. Amzamayim. The one who says the channel of water, no, only the channel of water. Malkus Shemayim Shalom Shalom Shalom. Just because it's a place where the rainwater collects, it does not divide. It does not divide. The Hanu Tavlam Beis Bagni Daar Mikru. They're just called like holes in the land itself. You know, it's like a it's a little place in the land. It's like a little hole in the ground, but it's part of the land itself. So they don't divide the land. So so what we're trying to bring out here. That after we learned in Peya this idea that a, ch- a channel of water can divide, or the or these um, the cavities in the land, perhaps according to one opinion, with filled with rain, it can also divide. So now we understood what the Brisa meant before when it said if it crosses Shulis, it's still potter. Now in terms of us, the Rishonim say it doesn't really matter. Everyone would agree that both entities, whether it's a channel of water or the place where the rainwater collects, they're equally effective. Whether it's alumnus, if it's part of the land, they're not part of the land. But in terms of it being a barrier. Uh, we, we assume that it would both do a good job, and that's what the bride was saying. If it somehow was able to get past those things, then the person wouldn't be would be potter. Okay, now we get, and this is really you know pre eschol paying back the debt. We learned on the Amid Aleph that the, our mission had said Derech Harabim is only Rabbi Eliezer that said sixteen Amos is, is is what the barrier is. But there are other opinions. So now we learn what they are. Hamavas someone who's lighting a fire within his own property. Until what distance does the fire go? In other words, what's what's the furthest distance that it has to be expected to travel over empty ground that you have to leave that distance? And if not, you're going to be considered negligent. What is what is that 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 further distance? Now, remember, this is what Rashi says, don't forget, the Gemara told us, B'Shem Rav, that the whole sugi is only talking about a rising fire. But, but if you're dealing with a bent fire, when there's flammable material in the way, then it could spread an unlimited distance. So then you have to remember that, according to Rav, that we're not talking about a bent fire here. So if you have a, a straight fire, how much do you have to be nervous that it might spread if you light in your own? So We look at the one who lit the fire, he's in the middle of a base core. So what's a base core? A base core is a field big enough that uh, it would produce a core of, of uh, a, a core of seed is planted there. So how much is that? So, so the Raman tells us it seems it's 274 ama by 274 ama. So if you make a box, now this is what we do. You make a box and you stay, put, put the fire right in the middle. So the center of the base core in a box, that's 274 by 274, so that you're going to be 137 ama from the closest point on the edge. So that's the idea, 137 ama. That's the point. It's like, imagine you're in the middle of the base core, 137 ama, you have to imagine we'll, it, will go, it will spread to get outside of the box. More than that, more than that not. So that's pretty chama. Rabbi Lezer Omer, and that's what we had in the last mission. What are you talking about? You think you need 137 ama of that separation? Just a good 16 ama, it's like a street, that suffices. Rabbi Yekiva Omer, 50 ama. Rabbi Shimon Omer, the Torah says, the one who likes the fire shall pay. Everything goes according to the delika. So it sounds like he's darshining up like an extra word that it says, and what does it mean? So the Gemara initially understand what it means is, it all depends what the damage that is done. Meaning to say is, I don't care about how much, what the gap was. I don't care how much space there was. You know, just, just go look at the damage and pay for it. Meaning, Initially, the Gemara is going to understand that there is no separation, which could suffice, according to Reb Shimon. That's actually the point. The point is that there is no amount that will suffice you and say, oh, I didn't expect it to move so much. As long as there was no good, effective barrier at the end, the just horizontal space, Reb Shimon is going to say, you're always high. So the Gemara jumps on that. The Gemara says, is that really true? The Reb Shimon holds you're always liable, no matter how far the, travel, the, the fire traveled. Unless the Reb Shimon sure about the lake, does he not hold of that? We learned in a mission. This is a mission of Baba Basra. So it's just to understand the context. The mission of Baba Basra is discussing laws of Nizke Shrenim. Nizke Shrenim is that things that I'm doing in my own, my own privacy, my own backyard, or my own home, and I still have to be careful about what it might do to your property. 
So it's a little bit of a different sugya. It's important that we understand it's a different sugya. It's a sugya of isa b'sachalo, of doing things within your own, but being nervous about the ramification of something that I do in my apartment, how it might impact you. So there it says, Lo adam tana A person cannot set up an oven in a home. Unless there are four amos of empty space between it and the ceiling. So that's, you know, good neighborly laws. Even though, even though you would say, hey, I'm not, I'll be careful. No, a neighbor has a right to tell his other neighbor, you're doing something wrong. Even though, again, but you're telling me what to do in my own apartment. No, that's the Nisqa That's the Sugi over there of Loyapa. One neighbor has the right to qualify what another neighbor can do in his own private premises. I don't think secular law would ever, until something happens, you know what? In Halacha, it says a very interesting thing. That they, have that rule. All right, certain rules. Right, exactly. There you go. So, so I can tell you, I can limit the way you, you use your oven. If you're putting it on a second story, you can't put it, an oven down unless there's a plaster below it, three tvachim thick, because we're scared that it might set fire to the beams below it. If you're dealing with a stove, then it's okay even if there is just one tafach. The idea is that the kira is always smaller and it doesn't have such a large fire. So you need more protection by, uh, by, 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 by the tanner than the kira. Now, this is all in terms of what I can tell you not to do. Now, there's another discussion. Vim Hizik. Let's say I did what I was supposed to do. I would, took these precautionary measures and it still caused a fire. It, it still caused damage to my neighbor. Misham Then he still has to pay. In other words, there's two sugis. There's a sugi of what I can tell you can't do. Now, there's another sugi. If I said damage happened, okay, damage happened, you have to pay. So there's two separate sugis. No. You know what these shiurim were said, these measurements about distancing the oven or stone? They were said not only for what I can restrict from you where to put the oven. They were said also in context of whether or not I have to pay. So according to Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon is saying is that as long as someone, let's say, distanced four amas from the, from the, from the top of his oven to the ceiling, and then Lamaisa the fire went out and spread, so the owner would be potter. So what do I see? I see that Rabbi Shimon holds as long as someone lights a fire in his own, he doesn't, and then it spreads more than whatever the expectation, the measurement that it was supposed to spread inside the apartment. Reb Shimon Potter. So what we're asking is, is this the Rabbi also Reb Shimon we're dealing with the fire moving in the field to the neighbor's field? Sounds like Reb Shimon was saying, that we don't care. Whatever the damage is done, that's what you're going to pay. There is nothing that, that, that makes it an onus. Whereas here we seem to be saying that, oh, Chazal give measurements for where you put your oven. And if it went beyond what's normal, then you are potter. So Rabbi Shimon says it all depends on the fire. He didn't mean it means all the damage. It means it means it depends on the height. His point is that you can't give uniform uniform sizes, 50 amma, 137 amma, 16 amma, because taller and larger fires can go more than small ones. So it's the idea that he's saying is avada. He does subscribe to the idea that if you leave the amount of distance in your fire in the neighboring property, you're not liable to damage. But the question is, what is the required distance? He's saying, don't give me a flat amount. He's saying it's determined case by case. It depends on the size of the fire. Certain cases, you'd be liable. In cases, you won't. You've got to examine it. And it's very interesting because then you're not left. You're not left with anything. Right? You're not, you're not left with anything. Yeah. Now, according to many, there's something to do. That Reb Shimon is only talking about something moving over a gap of horizontal land. He agrees that if I have a four ama high wall or a river, that suffices no matter what the size of the fire is. So that's interesting. Again, well, well, within reason, right? Like, how does that work? But the point is that we should limit this sugya that everything depends on what the size of the fire is in regard to how far it will move. But, in, you know, in crossing horizontal space. But in regard to the, to the things that might block it or put it out, so we're okay with it. Says the Gemara, Amar Yosef, Amar Yudah, Amar Shmuel, Halach, Rib Shimon, Amar Nach, Amar Halach, which again means that don't, it's not so simple to know 
what the what the size of a space that it might be expected to travel. Everything is case by case. Now Tesis tells us that this is classic stam because the previous Mishnah said a street, so it's stam. But that's what the, the idea of sometimes that's the style of Rabbi Nasi to say stam and whenever that happens, the halacha is not necessarily like the stam. That's what Guva with the Tana showing you. Even though I told you there that's the stam halacha, but I'm following up with all these other opinions that you need to know. Obviously, he's coming to indicate don't close the don't close the book on that. All right, says the Mishnah Vaiter. Malik is a god that sets fire to a stack of grain. And the Gemara will explain here that the case is he made a fire on his own premises and it spread to another person's property and burned down a haystack there. But you kalim inside, inside of it, there were kalim which were hidden. Vidoku, so they were also burnt. Rabbi Yehuda, you have to pay. Remember, Rabbi Yehuda Shita is that you're chayv even for Tama. You only pay for the stack of wheat or for the bodies. You don't have to pay for the hidden things. You pay only as if it would have contained uh, contained wheat. Remember, what the, we had the Gemara back on Tav Samach, that it's Xeris HaKasav, the Pasuk says, HaKama, the standing grain. You're only liable for things if it's like the standing grain, which is, which is, um, which is exposed. Okay. Now... Now the Mishnah continues. This is a Mishnah which we, we which we have quoted before. Let's say there was a goat which was uh, tied up next to the to the haystack. The Evid and there was a slave which is a person where it was near the haystack. The Nisravimo and the slave, even though he wasn't bound up, he ended up getting burned with it. Chayv, the one who lit the fire is Chayv to pay for the goat and for the haystack. Why? Normally we say there's Allah of Kimle with Ravamine. So if you're killing through your fire, why doesn't that make him live with Ramine? The answer is, is because here he was not tied up. So since he was not tied up, the slave could have moved on his own. We say that I'm not considered a killer for even if the, the fire kills him because he should have had the common sense to move away. So if he didn't, then I'm not a killer. If I'm not a killer, so then I have to pay for the other, for the damage that I did. However, Evid Kofaslo, if the slave was tied up. Are you, are you hunter on the slave? So, so, so yes, he should have moved away. Yeah. Whereas Evid Kafaslo, if the slave is tied up, Ukadi Samachlo, and the and the baby goat is next to it, Venis Rafimo, and then and then even the, and everything got got burned up, so then Potter, I'm Potter from paying for any mammon, because in this case, since he was tied up, it's an act of murder. It's Kimit, so therefore there's Kimlay with Rabune. And 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 therefore I'm going to be Potter to pay for the damages that occur. All right, now the Gemara gets back to the Machlokas. Between Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbana about Talmud, Modo Chacham Rabbi Yehuda, the Chacham agreed to Rabbi Yehuda. But Madik Sabira, if someone sets fire to a large tower, and we're going to explain that the point is that you're not lighting, you're not lighting in your own property, and it spreads to your friend's property. Here, you're you're lighting on your friend's property, and you light up a tower. I'm light. I'm chayev to pay everything in it. Because it's the normal way for people to put things in houses. And even, even though the Chacham and Pater from Tamun. So here we're saying that you're Chayef. You should have realized that people would hide all sorts of things in their house. Now it's very important. We're going to see this and this will become, will become clear when we see the Gemara. We're, deal, we're, we're not dealing with a case where you lit it on your own premises. We're dealing with the case where you lit up his, it, 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 on, on the victim's premises. And the idea here, I'm going to have to work out exactly what is the halacha of Taman on your friend's premises versus when you light on your own premises. So let's leave this for the Gemara. One thing we know is that when you light on your own premises and it spreads, the Chacham Pater you from Taman. That was very clear. Here we're seeing something where you're lighting up on, your, on the victim's premises. Now the Chachamim are agreeing where I light up the house, whatever. You should have been more careful. And anything which, is, which was inside, you're going to pay for it. So the Gemara gets into this. Amar Avuna. Amar Avkahana. Machlokus Machlokus is where you light a fire on your own property. 
and then it goes and consumes something in your friend's property. That's the dispute. Rabbi Yudha says, you're chayv even for Taman. And the Rabbi Yudha say you're potter. But again, all because you lit in your own. You're a malam social law. If I make a fire in my friend's property, everyone agrees, I have to pay even for Taman. Rashi explains that since you didn't have Rashus to be there, Rashi says, it's as if you did the damage with your own hands. Now, obviously, you didn't do it he didn't do the damage with his own hands, right? That's not what happened. He lit it somewhere in the yard and it spread. But the Nukude is when I did it, when I did it in my friend's yard, Kalape Tomin is no different than if I did it directly. That's what we're explaining. So it's a lumdish because at the end of the day, what's the difference, right? I didn't light that thing on fire. I lit it and it spread. What's the difference if I let it in my own and it spreads, I lit it in my friend's and it spread? Taisus understands that we we're all based upon the Xerus Hakasa. Remember, what was the Xerus Hakasa of the Pathos Tomin? The word Hakama. That is said only like things which were exposed green. But the context of that pasuk was kisetzeyesh, where your person lit from his own and then it went out. So what we're saying is that, is that don't apply the gzeres hakasav of Talman when you light in your friend's premises. Rather, we're going to see it as more direct damage. That's the idea. So the Rabbana will agree that you pay for Talman if you light in your friend's yard. So I'll take but we see that that's not the case. I'm like, Rabbi, Rabbi, says, Rabbi, 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 if that's true, and you pay for Talman when you light in your friend's yard. What did the Seva say? If you set fire to a tower, you have to pay for the things inside the tower. Because it's normal for people to have things stored in their houses. It sounded like it wasn't just because you were lighting in your friend's yard. It sounded like only because you lit the tower and it was normal for things to be in the tower. So we should have spoken even to a haystack. Why switch and speak about a tower? We should have said, went to the Chalm and Pater. If you Caleb that are hidden in a haystack, if you light in your own, and it went to your friend's yard. But if I light in my friend's yard, I pay even for what's hidden in the haystack. Meaning, what the Nukudu that we're bringing out is, is that the case of the tower, let's get this clear, is that I went to my friend's yard and I lit his tower. And we're saying, then I have to pay even for the things that were hidden because it's normal for things to be in the tower. It sounds like I needed to be A, in my friend's premises, and B, in a tower. It sounds like if I light a, a fire in my friend's premises and it burns his haystack, I don't pay for the Talmud. So here, Rav Kahana was saying that the whole Yisrael of Talmud is only when you light in your own yard. But whenever I light in my friend's yard and it, let's say, burns a haystack and there was there, I am still high up because the whole Talmud is only when it's in my own yard. We see from the Mishnah, not like that. So the Gemara therefore concludes it's wrong. El Amarava Bittarti, please. There's actually two different disputes between Rav and the Rabbana. First of all, it's Machlokas, the one we knew about, where you light in your own yard, and it goes in it, and it consumes Taman in your friend's yard. Okay, that's saying the same. That's clear. However, there's another Machlokas, if you light a fire in your friend's property, and it consumes things. Rav says, You pay for anything. Even if there was a purse. Someone put his purse in a haystack. Doesn't make a difference. Even if someone put a, 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 a in Arnaki, someone put a purse in a haystack, you are still going to be liable. Says the Rabbanan, we agree that you could be higher for Taman when you light in your friend's property, but it depends what type of Taman. Rabbanan Savri, Kalim should dark on the Hafman Begadish if it's something which was normal to be stored in that haystack, like threshing tools or gear that the cattle use, then we agree that since you lit in your friend's yard, you're high for Taman. But Kalim she ain't dark on the Hafman If Kalim burn that aren't normally hidden in the haystack, like a purse, Loma Shalim, you do not pay. So there's a whole second Machlaikis. When you are high for Taman, 
such as when I light in my friend's yard, what type of Taman am I chai for? Rabbi, this is anything. Anything that circumstantially happened to be there, whether or not I expected to be there. The Rabbanon say, no, you're chai only for things that were likely that were likely to uh, likely to be there. So now it comes out, now it makes sense. The Mishnah spoke about the tower. Why did the Mishnah speak about the tower? We spoke about the tower only because there it's expected for anything to be there. That's the idea. The Mishnah didn't say tower al afuke haystack. The same would be if there was a normal thing in a haystack. I would be chayv if I lit on my friend's premises. The Mishnah spoke about a tower as giving an example when I have to expect there might be anything there. The case where I would not be chayv is if there's a purse in a haystack. So that, there, the Rabbana will pot to me, even that's what's coming out clear in the Maskana of the Gemara, even if I lit it in my friend's yard. But I'm not liable to pay for a purse in the haystack because it's unlikely for it to be there. So there's two dinam and tamim. Let's get this clear. One is when I light in my own yard and it spreads, I'm potter from all sorts of tamim. It is normal to be there. It's not normal to be there. But I'm saying, potter, say it's a cause of don't bother me. When I light in my friend's yard, I'm chaya for anything which is normal to be concealed in the thing. Anything which was abnormal happened to be there, like the person that he sacked the Rabbanon and said, no, that's another din of Taman that you're potter for. But if it's, if it's normal, then if I light in my friend's yard, the Chama will agree. The thing to think about is, what's the second din of Taman? What's the Pasuk? What's the Svara? If the, what's the Pshat, the Rabbanon parted me from the, from the person, the haystack. What's the Yisoyed of that din? I guess I understand that, that, that I didn't have to expect it to be there, but what's the Yisoyed of Torah? Is that also based upon the same din of Taman? Is it like another din of Taman? That's part of the Lamas to explore, but Al-Kopanim, that's what comes out of the Moscow, the Gemara. Two din of Taman, I light in my own yard and his presence does damage. I bought it from anything in my friend's yard. That was concealed. If I light in his yard, I'm potter only from things that weren't expected to be there.